I'm Leslie Sultan. I'm an estate planning attorney. And on this podcast, my guests and I discuss topics that help make it easy for you, the listener, to understand estate planning. We break down complex legal concepts into everyday situations so you can understand the whys and how to protect and build intergenerational wealth. We call it the legacy purse because after all, estate planning is a gift you leave your loved ones. With that, um, the daughter was trying to get certain documents in place, like a power of attorney, a healthcare proxy, all these things that she needed to get done in order to navigate Medicaid, which she could not because cognitively he's impaired. Today's guest is Sandrine Etienne. Sandrine is a licensed medical social worker based in the New York City area that works with people dealing with chronic and debilitating illnesses. She is also the creator of MissGuidedNotions.com, a resource for people who need support navigating healthcare-related issues. Sandrine's work is dedicated to supporting the needs of caregivers navigating the healthcare for their aging parents. And Sandrine has a new podcast coming out this summer with her friend Anita Flores called Care Talkers. Similar to the Legacy Purse podcast, Anita and Sandrine interview experts in the field and a diverse group of people who have dealt with healthcare challenges. They offer advice and share their experiences dealing with health and financial issues. So for the Legacy Purse and estate planning, this is a great topic. Welcome to the show, Sandrine, and for taking the time from your busy schedule to be here with us today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. So Sandrine, you spend all day, every day, checking in on and taking care of people in need of medical care. Tell us a little bit about the people you work with and what you have found is their relationship to estate planning and long-term care planning. I work with a lot of older people, but as the years have gone by, because I've been doing this for quite some time, our clientele has gotten younger, but I will say the estate planning conversation comes more with older folks, particularly those that are dealing with chronic illnesses. Sometimes there's end of life issues and situations that come up. And there is a correlation between that and estate planning, which oftentimes does seem like it's pretty late, like to be talking about it. I mean, it's never too late, but it does seem like at the time when I get into the picture and I'm discussing it, it's, it's, it's on the later side. (laughs) So would you say that most of your patients do not have an estate plan or have not really thought about it yet? They have not. Correct. And what do you think is the reluctance on the part of your patients to plan or to hire an attorney to help them win the process? I think one of the major issues is the financial barrier for a lot of people. They worry about the expense and it's just that for them, it's possibly not, it's not necessarily something that is discussed enough so that they're aware or given enough insight and information to really understand the importance of it. Because although it is expensive, it truly is vital and crucial to have some sort of estate plan. 
Right. And as we'll probably talk about a little bit later, it's not as expensive as it would be if they did no plan, but we'll get to that later. Um, so when you're having these conversations with people, how are you able to navigate these conversations with your patients? Uh, you know, I assume that they trust you. So there's some level of trust that you're able to um, get into these conversations easier. I do try to incorporate the families and caregivers because I like to have an open conversation with everyone involved, not just the patient or not just the caregiver. And I pretty much just say, look, if you don't do this, this is what can happen. Um, And I just really like just really educate them at the end of the day that it's better to do the plan versus not doing it because later on when that time comes and you don't have any of those documents in place, it's so much more difficult for families and caregivers to, to do anything <laughs> as you and I have spoken about, like the consequences, which I don't want to get into because it's not my area, but the consequences are just so awful <laughs> and expensive. True, true. And yes, we will get into, um, you know, some examples for our listeners. Um, And I also, you know, for our listeners, full disclosure here, Sandrine recently did her own estate plan with my office. Um, Would you share with our listeners a little about your experience getting your plan done and how you felt afterwards? First of all, okay. I mean, I feel like I'm going to answer this backwards. I'm going to answer the last question first, which is just relief. I literally felt such relief after doing it. But before that, it was something that I always wanted to do, especially because I'm one of those people like you have to practice what you preach. A lot of us, you know, I'm sorry, there's been a lot of situations where I've worked with people and I see what can happen, like the negative consequences of not planning And to just know that I put my loved ones in that type of situation where I could have avoided it for me was like the the driving factor to really want to do this and to really pursue this. And it was and it truly, in my opinion, the financial the financial um, what do you call it? Um, I can't think of the word. Um, It wasn't a financial barrier to me because for me, I felt like it was so worth it. And it was, and I, I agree with Leslie, like it wasn't as expensive as people think it is. Um, and like I said, I just feel like for me, it was a great investment and I'm at the point of my life where I just felt like it was time and the relief that I felt, the exhilaration and the freedom, it was just so great. And I, and I, and I'm just so grateful that I did it. And we're so honored that you trusted us to do it. And we're so glad that you did it and you know, applaud you for taking that step because it is a step, you know, it's, it's adulting. It really is yes. taking that step to, to help protect yourself and your family. And congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So for um, we might have some listeners who are caretakers or who have family that might be in need of a caretaker now or in the near future. How would you recommend that they speak with their loved ones? And maybe if you could give us some typical responses that you hear that they might hear to help them prepare for that pushback. It's This is still a very hard conversation, I feel like. Even for me, sometimes I struggle because 
at the end of the day, no one wants to think about the what ifs in life. But honestly, that's why I came up with my platform, just as you, you know, having this forum to talk about the importance of estate planning. But I think at the end of the day, just talking openly about it, and I'll use my mom as an example. Although my mom did do certain things years ago because I encouraged her to do it. And, you know, she, she was very smart with how she did it. She did what she needed to do, but there were still some things after you and I spoke, I realized, Oh wait, we didn't do this or we didn't do this. And so she was very reluctant in the beginning, but then I started working with you and telling her about it. And I felt like that was very helpful for her. Like she, cause now she asked me, oh, okay, when are we going to meet with Leslie <laughs> to talk about our, to talk about my stuff, you know? Cause she realizes, well, it's, it's kind of like leading by example. So she saw like I did it. So then it was helpful for her to do it. And I feel like there's this misconception that you have to be a certain age in order to do estate planning, but it's not. And I've even had conversations with friends of mine, good friends of mine that work in healthcare, who I would think because of what we see would have more of an uh, open-mindedness, so to speak, when it comes to having these kinds of conversations and even like doing what is needed to be done. And they're pretty hesitant. But again, I think just leading by example and just talking about it. And if we just have like conversations like this, even openly, whether it's, um, you know, gathering a few people, maybe, you know, someone that's an attorney. Sometimes I'll tell my clients like, Hey, do you have a family member or someone that's an attorney? Well, why don't you ask if they can give you a resource for an estate planning attorney? And that sometimes is a good way to have that, um, you know, segue into that conversation and the action of doing for sure. Right, because I think there is a trust factor, right? Some people don't trust attorneys, um, and so if they don't know anyone, they're even, you know, they're going to assume that they're going to be ripped off or they're going to be hesitant. So, um, you know, maybe it's a matter of, hey, pick three people that you look, you know, you see online that you think you might trust and just call them and see how you feel talking to their office. You know, do they return your phone calls? If they don't return your phone calls, next. <laughs> um, and if they do return your phone calls, how's your rapport with them? I mean, in reality, there's tons of attorneys out there. So if you're not having a good rapport with one, move on to the next one. In our in case our listeners might be assuming that as a social worker, you only work with elderly disabled people. What are the age ranges of some of the people you see? I see a wide range. <laughs> um, I say adults, and technically adults are 18 and older, but for uh, purposes of work, again, I work with people that are chronically ill. Um, some are just dealing with new diagnoses. That could be cancer. It could be heart-related issues. It could be diabetes and all these different other illnesses that occur and so my clients really, honestly, you're, you're never too young to be sick. That's, that's literally what I've seen in my field. And I have clients in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, 60s, and up. I mean, yesterday I had 101-year-olds. <laughs> so they definitely vary. Wow, that is a range. Yeah, but I would say, you know, my bias would be assuming that it's elderly people and forgetting that there are people my age, I'm in my 40s, who have get diagnosed with cancer um, or, or early onset diabetes or something. So, you know, these are 
these there's all kinds of reasons to do estate planning. Um, and here's Sandrine proving that, you know, she sees it every day. Um, people who need to start thinking about ways to do their healthcare proxies and their living wills <clears throat> and talking about healthcare protection, even if they don't think they have um, ready for a full estate plan. So uh, we always have a part of our legacy purse podcast with the nightmare segment. And I know you have some nightmare stories that you can share that you've experienced or heard from your patients that you think could help our listeners really feel the importance of estate planning for their loved ones and helping their family get their plans and finances in order. So recently I had, and I I can't make this up because this was wild to me. And this is a family that I had worked with, but I had never work with the husband. I had only worked with the wife. And again, the, the, the wife was my patient years ago, like years ago on and off, whatever. So now I get the husband as a client. And, um, before I even met the client, I got a strange phone call from his case manager from the insurance company. And I kind of knew the background of the case, but, um, anyway, long story short, I ended up meeting with the family because the case manager was very concerned, felt that social workers needed to discuss long-term planning, which generally means some sort of plan in place so that the patient can have ongoing type of assistance, right? But it turns out there was, and this is where a a lot of my um, work, which people might not know, is that we do talk about Medicaid, and I'm not here to, to like say like, you know, you can or can't get Medicaid. I just give you the information, you know, the resources, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what happens is they're trying to get some sort of help in place. But this is also a gentleman where he had, he was significantly impaired cognitively. So with that, um, the daughter was trying to get certain documents in place, like a power of attorney, a healthcare proxy, all these things that she needed to get done in order to navigate Medicaid which she could not because cognitively he's impaired. So she did. So the first thing I said to her, well, did you speak to an estate planning attorney or an elder care attorney, anything like that? Oh yeah. But they wanted thousands and thousands of dollars. And I said, yeah, but there's, there's like, you know, you have assets, you have certain things like you really need to spend the money. <laughs> and, um, she thought $5,000 was a lot, which I, I get it, but think about what's going to happen when he's no longer with us. And there's eight children. So that to me is a nightmare and it hasn't even happened yet, but it it will <laughs> like if, if they don't, if they don't act accordingly. And even with the case manager, she was frustrated because she, she kind of knew some of the stuff, but then me giving her that information and insight was very helpful for her because then she was like, oh, wow, I didn't think about it that way with the with the estate plan. And I was like, yeah, you kind you have to kind of do these things. You know, you can't just say, OK, I'm going to apply for Medicaid. I mean, the person has to be able to, you know, get certain documents. The daughter has no ability to go to the bank and say, hey, I need these bank statements. Imagine that. Like, that's terrible. Yeah, so I had another situation where a friend of mine had, um, it, it was her dad, and unfortunately he passed away very suddenly. 
during the times of COVID and um, what then happened was he, although he was married, he did everything on his own. He had all of his accounts designated to himself. No one else was on his accounts. He had no documents in place, none of that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, it instead of her being able to grieve her dad, the loss of him and planning for his funeral, she couldn't because she had to go to court and imagine trying to go to courts during the time of COVID. I mean, Leslie, you, you know better than I do, but I, I'm sure it was very challenging. And she was just so stressed out about that. And again, this is where we talk about when your loved one is no longer with us, you as the caregiver or family members, you're really the one that's experiencing the brunt of it. Oh, gosh, so true. Thank you for sharing those examples. Yeah. And one thing that, you know, we say is estate planning is a gift that you give your family, because you're doing it during your lifetime, you're packaging everything up, you're, you know, you're, you're creating the nice little box so that when you pass, you can just pass it on to them. Um so, and I, I would like to just take a minute for our listeners who um, may not be familiar with the Medicaid process, what exactly, you know, is going on there. And so, for New York, at least, when you uh, become disabled um, or need care, in some cases, you can apply for Medicaid for long-term care or um, nursing home care. But if you have assets in your name and you pass away within a certain period of time, Medicaid will put a lien on all of those assets because they are going to get reimbursed for all the medical care. And we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. And how do they get that money? How do they know? Because when the family members file for probate, right, which is what they're going to do if there's a will or if there's no will, they're going to file with the courts and the courts automatically tell (laughs) Medicaid that this person died. And they're going to attach a lien and, and they're going to come into the action as a party in the lawsuit and, and make a claim. But before anybody else in the family is going to get that money, Medicaid, you're going to have to negotiate with Medicaid first. Um, and the other thing that we see sometimes is what we call a Medicaid spend down, where people wind up having to spend all of their money in order to qualify for Medicaid because they didn't plan properly. Then they have no more money and then they get to have (laughs) qualify for Medicaid. Um, So there are attorneys who specialize in Medicaid planning that can help people um, figure out how they can protect their assets for their families so that it doesn't have to be spent on medical costs. Um, so this is really important if you're listening and this is something that you think might um, affect you, um, you know, you do want to speak to someone. Uh, the other thing I would mention, too, when we're dealing with um, incapacity issues and financial issues is that, um, and we've seen this a lot, too, in estate planning, is something called the state's unclaimed funds department. So banks have an obligation after a certain period of time, if an, an account is inactive, to release the funds to the state. And it's called the state's unclaimed funds department. And every state has this. And you can go on your state's unclaimed funds department and look up your name. You can look up your family members' names and see if there's any money. And sometimes it's just something as basic as, like, in college you had a left in a bank account that you forgot about and it eventually made its way to the unclaimed funds department and you can claim it and they'll write you a check but if someone's died (laughs) and their money has gone you didn't know about that bank account and it's gone into the unclaimed funds department you can't just 
get it. You got to go through the court to get permission or find, you know, another, we have everybody in the family sign off to get you the authority to take it. So these are the kind of things that we're talking about is protecting the assets, making sure they're going to your family members um, or helping your family members to achieve their wishes with what they'd want to do. Um, so Sandrine, I know you shared some great nightmare stories, but I think you might also have some success stories you could tell um, to share about what, what could happen when you do do some planning. I do. I definitely do. Um, so I had a, a client of mine, and this happens a few times, you know, throughout the years, you know, where um, I was seeing her for the first time and her husband, she was a caretaker for her husband. And now she was down and out because she had, uh, she had to have surgery and she's recuperating. But then while she's recuperating, who's going to take care of her husband, her husband, who's cognitively impaired. He had, he had Alzheimer's and um, she didn't really know how to navigate Medicaid. And again, you know, I go over all the different, um, the guidelines, you know, assets, resources, all that kind of stuff. And I said to her, well, have you ever seen an elder care attorney, estate planning attorney? And I told her the benefits of it. And so she said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I always, you know, my biggest disclaimer is it's going to cost you, but it's worth it because I don't want people to be frightened, you know, because when you talk, I mean, there's some attorneys that are like $500 consultation, <laughs> right? So um, that can maybe scare someone away. But in her case, she was open and I gave her the information and she did follow up and I got to see her a year later and she told me that was the best thing that I could have done for her because she was able to navigate all the different things that she wanted for her and her husband. Because even though she was concerned about him, um, she also realized, well, I'm getting up there in age. I have my kids. Um, although they don't live with me, I just don't want them to have to worry about the aggravation and, you know, the, the nuances of dealing with courts, et cetera, et cetera, when I'm gone. So why not? plan like this. And she was so grateful for that. And I, I hear stories like this many times. I've gotten calls from attorneys thanking me for the referral and just the fact that, you know, they thought that was great that I provided the information that they followed up. They are working with the client to do X, Y, Z, because again, as I, as Leslie mentioned, as I mentioned, it just takes so much frustration and aggravation off of your loved ones you know, in the time when they should be not worrying about this kind of stuff. Now, you have a podcast called Care Talkers that's coming out in summer 2021, aimed at supporting the needs of caretakers navigating healthcare for their aging parents. I think this is so important because our healthcare system is so broken and people stuck dealing with it tend to feel so overwhelmed and underserved. Tell our listeners a little bit more about what they can expect to hear from your podcast. So my friend Anita and I came up with this concept because she herself is a caregiver for her dad who has dementia. And she realized all the frustration and the difficulties of navigating our healthcare system and not really having the insight and information that she needed. 
And here I am, a social worker <laughs> who is very experienced in, in dealing with a lot of challenging situations. <laughs> so uh, we came together and decided let's bring on experts as well as people in, um, I'm sorry, let's bring on experts in their respective fields in regards to health and financial and also having people that have gone through specific experiences um, where they can share their in their experiences. And so we bring these two together and have conversations and provide resources for people and also navigate these really difficult topics that we're not really talking about openly. And we're really excited to just bring on these incredible guests and for you to hear their stories and to also you hopefully you won't feel so isolated and just know that there's other people going through it like you are and you can hopefully get some resource information and just support. Love it. Sandrine, thank you so much for coming onto this Legacy Purse to speak about your work as a social worker and helping people dealing with chronic and debilitating illnesses. Um, this community really needs your support and it's we're, they're so lucky to have you. Um, and for our listeners, make sure you go to our show notes at LegacyPurse.com to find the links to Sandrine's Care Talker podcast and ways to follow Sandrine on social media. She posts some great stuff, which is really valuable resource also to the community. So thank you again, Sandrine. The Legacy Purse was brought to you by Sultan Attorney in New York and produced and edited by Xavier Mejia in Los Angeles. You can support our podcast by liking this episode and subscribing to it. You can also support us by rating this podcast in your app and by following us on social media at Sultan Attorney. For more information on this episode, visit LegacyPurse.com.